This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Good morning, everybody. Well, this is the last sermon in our series called Sticky Faith. Uh, We've been taking a look at how can we develop faith that lasts, that lasts through anything, that faith that endures in our lives. And this series is inspired by a book called Sticky Faith. And in this book, uh, they recommend five big ideas for developing sticky faith in our lives. And just to review, if there's anyone who's here for the first time, um, the first thing we looked at was the sticky gospel, that we looked at the importance of understanding um, the good news of God's grace, and that's given through faith, and the importance of uh, focusing our faith uh, on faith first. And then secondly, we looked at the importance of sticky faith conversations, being intentional about building uh, faith conversations into our lives, intentional about it. Third, we looked at the sticky identity that God calls us his beloved children. That is who we are. We are not what we do. We are not primarily what other people say or think about us or what we think about ourselves, but what God thinks about us. We are his beloved uh, child. And um, I might have even performed a sticky rap song. Birthdays, baptisms, and... Oh, bedtimes. Okay, it was sticky. It was a little sticky. Anyway, those are ways in which we can anchor that truth um, through traditions. In fact, yesterday we celebrated uh, my son Zephyr's birthday, and that's exactly what we did. We had the You Are Special plate. We had the birthday glasses and had a great day. And at the end of the day, I was able to anoint him with oil and just remind him he is God's beloved son. That is who he is. And that's one day every year that we get to anchor that in as well as bedtimes as well. Um, Last week, we looked at sticky justice, the importance of getting involved in service and justice work. And we looked at the powerful Isaiah 58 verse, the if then, if you feed the hungry, clothe the naked, home the homeless, then God will hear your answer, your prayers. Uh, If you do away with the pointing finger, the arguing, the fighting, then God, then your healing will come quickly. The if the then. Now today, we're going to be looking at one final idea for building sticky faith into our lives. It's to create a sticky web of relationships, to be intentional, to intentionally create sticky relationships into our lives. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us with this. Heavenly Father, it's just great to be in worship with you and with everyone here who you've brought here today. I thank you that there's no accident that we're here, that, uh, that I believe you brought us here, which means you want to speak to us and encourage us. And Lord, as we come to your scripture and as we think through how to build a sticky uh, web of relationships, Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit and speak to us? It may not even be a word that I say. It may be a thought that you bring to our minds Um, So would you encourage us today as we come to your word in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Our scripture today is Mark chapter 9, verse 33 to 37. Um, We're going to look, Jesus is going to teach about what true greatness is. But before this event happens, 
Um, Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. He's, they, they have this incredible mountaintop experience, and they see Jesus transfigured. And then right after that, they, they go down the mountain and uh, confront evil right away. And they get it. the disciples are in a big argument. They're arguing with the teachers of the law. And then now we're going to meet them in yet another argument. They're having another argument. And so that's where we're going to meet them here. And Jesus is going to use that argument to teach them something very important. And I hope he teaches me and us today as well. So, verse 33, they came to Capernaum, and when Jesus was in the house, he asked his disciples, well, what were you discussing along the way? He knew what they were discussing. What were you discussing along the way? And I love this next line, but they kept silent. You know, have you ever been in that moment? You know, so what were you doing? You know, I just imagine the disciples. No one said a word. He already knew what they were thinking. For on the way, they had argued uh, with one another about what? What are they going to argue about? Who is the greatest? I feel like I'm Muhammad Ali here. The greatest. The greatest. That is the per- a person who has achieved importance or distinction in a field. That is the, the greatest. And so that's what their argument was about. Who's the greatest? And so Jesus takes that, ar- takes that argument as a teaching moment. And so he sits down. And I love this tr- tradition. It, 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 Jewish rabbis, when they taught, they sat down. And that's, why I love, that's one of the reasons that I love to sit in that tradition of the Jewish rabbi. They, they sit. That's when they're saying, hey, I'm going I'm to teach now. And Jesus makes their argument a teachable moment. So he says to them, and and here's his proposition. Here's what he says. He speaks into their argument. This is what he says. If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. Now notice, it does not say that you can't be first. It doesn't say that you cannot be the greatest. You can. You can be first and be the greatest. Greatness can be. And in Jesus' economy, should be pursued. But in the kingdom of men, greatness looks very different. In the kingdom of men, greatness looks like what? Number one. That's greatness. Right? Right? That's greatness. Number one. Most important. In God's kingdom, greatness is about serving. But... What does greatness actually look like? And this is Jesus is such a brilliant teacher. And so here's this argument. He says, the, you know, he says to, to be the servant of all. And then look at what he's going to do. Look at how he answers them. He took a child. Now, in our world, children are like, oh, children. There's a lot of focus on children. But in that society... A young child in that culture was considered the least important. They were the least important in that society. So in the midst of this argument, he takes a child and he puts the child in the middle of them. So it's as if Jesus would come right into the middle of this congregation and he, he brings a child right into the center of them. And taking the child into his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives the 
one such child in my name receives me. This is incredible teaching here. Whoever receives one such child in my name. In other words, receives the child in the nature and in the character of Jesus. In my name means non-exploitive, means non-abusive. It means safe. It means fiercely protective. It means loving. It's in the character and will and goodness of Christ that when we receive one such child in my name, we receive Jesus. And then surprise, whoever receives me receives not only me, but him who sent me, God above, God Almighty. The mark of true greatness. That's what this is about. What's the mark of true greatness? Being a servant. Serving. Serving one another. How do we become great in God's kingdom? By by being humble like a child. And what does greatness look like? What does it look like? It's welcoming a child. Isn't that beautiful? It's welcoming a child. Meaning, Lindsay's not here. I was going to talk about the Greek here. (laughs) It means to willingly give access to who you are. Willingly give access, a child access into your life, into your company. In other words, no children's table and adult's table. It's one table and giving them access. Jesus is casting a vision here, a powerful vision. He's calling me and you to have intergenerational relationships. In particular, Jesus is calling adults to receive children. Pay attention to them. Serve them. Welcome them. He's calling us to welcome them. And the good news, there is incredible reward when we welcome children. When we welcome children, we are welcoming Jesus. When we serve a child, we are serving Jesus. And not only do we receive Jesus, we receive God Almighty. Is this not amazing? This sermon series is inspired by a book called Sticky Faith. The subtitle is Everyday Ideas for Building Faith that Lasts, that's enduro, that in, is enduring in our kids. And even though the book is written for parents, the sermon series is intended for everybody because all of these ideas, involvement in justice, or, or rooting our identity as God's beloved child, all of these ideas apply to everybody, kids and college students and youth and singles and parents and married couples and grandparents, everybody. But today, this last sermon, in light of the scripture that we looked at and Jesus' calling to welcome children, I'm going to focus on the importance of building relationships between safe Christian adults and kids. So, in their research, the authors discovered three activities that help kids build lasting faith. The first is when kids are involved in all church worship. That helps build lasting faith, which is why we have 
every one services every once in a while. We hope to do more of that. And that's why in this sermon series, we kick the sermon series off by a sticky Velcro wall. And we've uh, pulled out the games in the lobby and the coffee area so that adults can interact. We adults can interact with all of our kids. And by the way, I lost a lot of candy during the last service and my challenge to your kids. Um, the second thing is uh, that they learned, that they discovered in their research, is that teenagers who serve younger kids, ha- kid, children, have stickier faith. Then cr- teenagers who serve younger kids have stickier faith. Um, and so, you know, in our kids' camp, uh, you can volunteer as a middle schooler, high schooler, and you can get involved in young kids' lives. And we have a next-gen team where our children's ministry, our middle school director, and our high school director, they all work together to collaborate and uh, to, uh, to give opportunity for teenagers to do that. And then lastly, high school seniors and college freshmen crave support from adults in a congregation. And that helps build sticky faith, which is why Rick, um, our uh, high school director, encourages adults to write encouraging notes to our college, uh, students in college right now. That builds faith that lasts in their lives. But the big practical idea for developing sticky faith that this, this book encourages is that we create a sticky web of relationships, a sticky web of relationships. So if you wouldn't mind, in the back of your seats, there's some sticky notes or take a piece of paper right now, if you could take something out and something to write with, if you're able. And I want you to write something down. I want you to write the number five, and then colon, and then the number one. So just write five colon one on a sticky note. Write it somewhere. You know, many children in youth ministries say they, that they want a one-to-five ratio of adults to kids. In, in other words, what they mean is we want one adult for every five kids. But the question is, what if we reverse that ratio and had five adults for every one kid? Imagine that. Imagine five adults investing in a kid a little, a medium, or big ways. So one way we can apply this message to our lives is to create a five-to-one ratio of sticky faith relationships in our lives. So this applies to all of us as well as to our kids, that we would intentionally think through and name and create five people who could be our sticky faith relationships that will help us through whatever we face. And the book gives four ideas for creating a five-to-one sticky faith relationships. The first idea is to be intentional about creating a five-to-one ratio. In other words, we need to build relationships um, with regular contact. So just like a spider, when they spin a web, they, they are meticulous at creating that web. We need to be intentional about surrounding ourselves and then our children with these intergenerational relationships, especially with adults. So, for example, we can find often faith-filled family members. That can be a good place uh, to find uh, five-to-one adults. But sometimes in our families, 
they may not believe in Jesus Christ. And so we need to then borrow fathers and mothers and brothers. And that's the beauty of being a part of a, of a church family. That in a church, fam- we're a family. And we get to borrow mothers and brothers and sisters. And, and that's a great place to find those five people to surround yourself with. A small group is a great way to do that. I heard a story about a small group who included their kids, and once a year they all brought out their calendars, and they each, taught, they each gave one event that their kid was going to be involved in that all of the adults came and supported and encouraged those kids with. Or you can simply uh, develop a cluster of relationships like teachers and uh, coaches um, and, and form those, those relationships the idea is to be intentional about a five, a building a five-to-one sticky web of relationships. The next idea is to be explicit about your five-to-one ratio. In other words, don't make your five-to-one ratio a secret. If you yourself are building five people around you, let them know that that's what you're doing. Or if you're a parent and you're, you're, you have a five-to-one goal, let your kids know that you're, you're going to do that. Obviously, if it feels forced to your kids... You don't want to do that. You just want to remind them about the adults that are, that are available to them. I heard one story about a single mom um, who wanted her children to have contact with safe Christian men. And so she put a, uh, on, on a wall, she had all these picture frames, and she put each of her kids in the middle, and she put five blank picture frames around each of the kids. And as each of the kids had and developed a relationship, she would put a picture of a new person until that child was surrounded by, by these adults, five to one. I thought that was a beautiful idea. Be explicit. Be intentional. Be explicit. Third, encourage mentoring. That to, to encourage including mentoring in your five to one plan. And if you didn't know this already, we, Sunset Church has a new one-to-one mentoring ministry. In other words, anyone here can get mentoring uh, once a month for a year for free. Unbelievable. Thank you, Mark Owen and Ann Owen, for that. And, and that's a gift, and include that kind of mentoring or coaching um, in those five-to-one relationships. And then lastly, develop a ritual. Uh, The last idea to help create that web is to develop a ritual, develop relationship rituals. That can help with the five-to-one relationships. Let me just share one example. There's a million ways to do this, by the way. And And I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now, giving you ideas on on rituals and traditions that can help build a five-to-one ratio. So let me give give you one example. And I wish that I had read this book when my kids were younger because I I would have done this, but I didn't yet. Um, So a dad named Kerry developed a ritual with his sons when they turned age 13. Now, now if you hear that, it's intentional. It's when they're 13, something is going to happen. So at 13, he and his son, Jordan, chose five men that they both admired. Then the dad asked the five men to spend one day with, each of his, with his son, who turned 13, that summer. So, for example, uh, three of them took his son camping. One of them took his son to the work, to show him work. 
Another was a police officer, and he got to, do, uh, he got to ride in a police cruiser, which is pretty cool. And um, they were asked to share one spiritual truth and one life truth with his son. And then at the end of the summer, they had a barbecue, and his son then shared from his journal the impact that those five men had on him. And his son, Jordan, gave each of the men a Bible with their names inscribed on it. And then the five men commented on the time that they shared and how they saw God working in Jordan's life. Who here wouldn't love that? I mean, I wish I had that growing up. I wish I had done that for my sons. And at the end, the men laid their hands and prayed over Jordan. And it was so impactful, not so much for Jordan, it was so impactful for the five men that they, want, that they said, we want to do this every single summer. We want to get together and, and pray for him every single summer. And that's what they did. But that was an intentional, explicit mentoring in a way, way of forming a tradition and a ritual to help create that five-to-one ratio of relationships. So one way to develop our faith, a faith that lasts no matter what we face, is to create a sticky web of relationships. And we want to give you an opportunity to respond to this idea in the context of worship today. So we have magnets. We have these magnets that you can put on your refrigerators or somewhere. And we have uh, Sharpie markers. They're right here in the baskets. And in a moment, the worship team is going to come and they're going to play two songs. And uh, I want to invite you, while they're playing worship songs, to come out of your seats, come up front, grab one of these magnets, and I want to invite you to write one name down. Just one. There's maybe not enough time for us to write all of them. Just write one name in your five-to-one ratio. Maybe you don't have, you haven't identified five people. Maybe write one person's name down that you would like to be one of your five and pray to God for that. Or maybe there's someone who's already part of your five and you want to just write their name down and, and thank God in the context of worship for that relationship in your life. So at any time now, I want to invite you to come and write one name down as an act of worship. And so, Heavenly Father, would you meet us in this? Help us to form faith that, that lasts, that's, that endures no matter what we face. Faith in your faithfulness. And Lord, we want to develop a sticky web of relationships. So bless us as we come to this act of worship together. In Jesus' name, amen. Now to him... <laughs> To him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ever even ask for or we could ever think about or we could ever imagine. To God who is able to do all things. To him, to God be the glory in this church. To God be the glory in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.